If it's your first time visiting, we're so thankful to have you. We're a brand new church. Just started in January, and we have a big vision, but it takes time, and we're excited, and we're just consistently coming week after week to build the kingdom, and we're getting lots of visitors, people coming in, and we're building awareness in this community, so we're excited for what God has in store for the future. We believe we're going to fill this place in due time in God's timeline. If you don't know me, I'm Pastor Jeff Gwaltney. My wife, Michelle, is working the computer today. This is Nick. Nick helps in worship. We've got several others helping around. A lot are out today. But did anybody uh, see Toby Mac last night? Toby Mac was in town. Anybody like Toby? Toby fans? One fan? Okay, that's cool. We went to Toby Mac, and, uh, you know, usually, I, I, usually I, I'm, I'm in bed by 10, 39 now. So 10 is late for me, and we have four kids. And uh, we went to Toby Mac, and we were in the nosebleeds, and not only was it making me queasy because it was so steep, but we were there till like almost 11, and it was awesome. You know, the first few bands were good, but Toby Mac, he had a DJ, and it was like, boom, 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 boom. I mean, the place was so bass heavy, I thought I was going to have internal bleeding, but it was for a good cause, you know, it was just killer. Awesome. It was making me kind of kind of like I could feel the adrenaline and I was getting that like fight or flight feeling. And I'm thinking, this is Christian, right? Am I supposed to feel this at a Christian concert? But it was awesome. I'm not gonna deny it. When I got out to the parking lot at eleven o'clock, I was in getting in the traffic and I'm, you know, trying to get out of there and everybody's impatient. And I'm thinking, you shouldn't get an altercation cutting people off in traffic after a Christian concert. That would not be right, right? That'd be weird. Pastor on the news get into a verbal. I was about to throw out a couple Jesus loves you at some people because they were driving a little crazy in the parking lot, but I, I, I held my tongue. Wanna, you know, having trouble in the parking lot after a Toby concert. Because, you know, he does hip-hop too, so it was, it was pretty thugged out. But no, he's, he's awesome. If you've not seen him, I recommend it. He's got an incredible testimony. By the end of the concert, they're waving these massive flags with crosses. It was, it was really special. He's got a really neat testimony and ministry he's, he's doing. But the, the, the tension from the base and everything, it reminded me of this problem I have. Is anybody like the dentist? How do we segue from concert to dentist? I'm going to show you. The dentist is like your favorite place to go, right? Well, me too. And when I go there, every time I go, they talk about this clenching I have in my mouth. They say, hey, did you know? I said, yeah, I know. I know. I, I grind my teeth. I know. Well, we have these, I know, you have the mouth guards, they're like $300, I don't want one. I don't care what insurance will pay, I don't want one. I don't even let them finish anymore. They already get me on the flossing, it took 20 years, I finally floss. Time after time. You know, you, you grind your teeth, at, yeah, I know, I grind my teeth at night, it's a habit, it's, it's wearing down my mouth, but I, it's subconscious, I don't, I don't know why I do it. Uh, you know, you should really try the mouth guard. I tried a Walgreens, generic thing, and I spit it out in my sleep. I didn't, I tried to keep it, my body wouldn't take it because it was so used to what it does at night. It sleeps and grinds teeth, evidently, and I'm slowly wearing down my mouth, but it won't kill me. One of these days, maybe I'll, I'll try that. I'll try the, the mouth guard because, you know, it's, it is a habit, and I would say it's a bad habit, but I can't help a bad habit that it's out of my control. It's just what my body does. The Toby concert brought back those memories. This habit of grinding my teeth, believe it or not, it's really strange, but it is a bad habit. Maybe one day I'll fix it, but bad habits, I mean, that's mild, but bad habits. 
can really keep us hostage in our life from going beyond the status quo. If we never acknowledge that we have a habit that could be potentially bad, we can never meet God at the point of purpose defined for us. We have to be honest with ourselves to decide if we truly want to break the bad habits that are preventing us from finding real change in our life. My passage today is 2 Kings chapter 21, verse 1115. And I know all you guys just love Kings. It's like the most interesting book ever in the Bible, said no one. But this is the passage that's the reason why the Israelites were about to go into Babylonian captivity, exiled to Babylon. You've heard of the Babylon captivity, Babylonian captivity. I'm going to say baloney. Baloney, Babylon, anyway. The Israelites, God's people, had a problem. They had a habit, bad habit, over and over of worshiping pagan gods, idols. Back in Exodus, they wanted to worship a golden calf because Moses was taking too long on the mountain. So they came down from the mountain, and they're building a golden calf that came out of the fire because they wanted to find somebody else to take them to the promised land. Uh, you know, the Tower of Babel, they tried to build a tower up into the sky, and God had to come there and confuse their languages, so they couldn't understand each other anymore because, again, they were trying to be like gods themselves instead of following the one true God who says, I'm a jealous God and there is no one besides me that is Yahweh or God of the Old Testament who is Jesus, Jehovah saves, Jehovah. Jehovah saves is the word Jesus translated back to Hebrew, Ashua, Yeshua. Someone critiqued me a few months ago on a video because I said that wrong. I said, it's, say it like this, nothing better Read a good seat here, sister. She never wrote back. Anyway, every time I say that word, I think about it. Yeshua, not Yahshua. They had this habit. There was warning signs. And it was always the same thing with them. They could never find the promised land that God promised Abraham and his seed because habits kept restricting them. You see, bad habits can find us to a prison of failed expectations. Put that in your mind. You leave here. Remember this. Bad habits confine us to a prison of failed expectations. The title of my sermon today is Hostage to Habits. If we go to 2 Kings chapter 21, let's read it. This is the reason they're about to go into captivity. It says, because... Manasseh, king of Judah, has done these abominations, worshiping pagan gods as well. He has acted more wickedly than all the Amorites who were before him, has also made Judah sin with his idols, pagan gods. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel, Behold, I am bringing such calamity, otherwise known as disaster, upon Jerusalem and Judah, that whoever hears of it, both his ears will tingle. How many know God takes action when he does something in you? When something's happening, he confirms it with action. And they knew if, they, if, if you hear this, your ears are going to tingle. This is a big deal, God is saying. Freaks me out. Tingle right now. And I will stretch over Jerusalem, the measuring line of Samaria, and the plummet of the house of Ahab, and I will wipe Jerusalem as one wipes a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. Okay. God said he's going to wipe Jerusalem 
clean like a dish that's dirty upside down. That's kind of harsh. He means business. He means so much business, your ears are going to tingle. Know what's going on. So I will forsake the remnant, the leftovers, my inheritance, deliver them into the hand of their enemies, and they shall become victims of plunder to all their enemies, because they have done evil in my sight, and I have provoked and have provoked me to anger since the day their fathers came out of Egypt. Even to this day, he said, all the way back since Egypt, guys, doing this. So that's it. Now going to have to be reprimanded. It's not that I don't love you, but you're never going to learn if you don't get reprimanded. So now, guess what? Going to the Babylonians. Start over with you. Start over again. Can never find the mountain because the habit keeps keeping you restricted. You keep going around the mountain and the promised land's right in front of you. You just keep missing it because of your habit. Israel repeatedly fell away from God in the Old Testament. It's the story of their their history, the Tower of Babel, the Golden Calf, we talked about that, and now they're going to be exiled to Babylon. See, bad habits, there's warning signs to bad habits. Nick, if you could help me demonstrate this. Nick's going to be my prop man today. We thought a little visual would really lock this message into place. Bear with me. This seemed like a good idea when I thought it through. I don't know about now. not that bad. I still do what I'm doing. It's a little restrictive. I still do what I'm doing. There was warning signs to Israel. They had seen this before. And then God tries to tell them again, and what do they do? I still walk. I still preach this message. It's a little uncomfortable, but it's not, it's not going to kill me. Just a little bad. There's warning signs, and people who have Bad habit, they tend to show it over and over to the people around them. And what's really funny about bad habits is it's where we go to hide we're tempted. It's where we go to hide when we're feeling weak, and then it becomes our hurting place. It becomes our hurting place because the bad habit brings a temporary satisfaction to the problem, and then it brings the recourse or the punishment into exile of the pain that we did it again. Maybe it's drugs, maybe it's sex, maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's lust, maybe it's all these things. It's a temporary fulfillment, and the hiding place we retract to often then becomes our hurting place. Start the process over again. Sometimes we're not even aware, like me grinding my teeth. I, I didn't know I did it when I was, I didn't go to sleep going, okay, tonight I'm going to grind my teeth. My teeth when I'm sleeping, that's going to be, I didn't know. I could, subconscious, but some of us know. And they say, it's not that bad. It's, it's okay. My hands are tied, but it's okay. I mean, is it, it's not a bad habit. I'm just going to keep it around because it's not hurting anybody. And so we just kind of soften it a little. God doesn't want you to become hostage to your habit. And that's what happens. It starts to be a little restrictive, and soon enough, it might be headed to captivity. It progresses, which it often does. As parents, this is like the, the common way we see this. Everybody in this room, I believe, has children, most of us, and, and wait a long time, my dear. You're far, you're far away from that, and that's a good thing. You see bad habits in your children forming, brewing. There's warning signs. We have four kids, and kid number two and kid number four, they both naturally brewed this habit of biting their siblings when they their way. 
And it started out when my daughter was born. She was very forward and bold with her toy snatching kids. And when the son came along, she would do what's called the bait and switch. She'd say, Caleb, you want this toy? And she'd come up and then she'd take what he had and give him that one. The bait and switch. And it worked awesome. I was quite shocked she was so clever at two years old. But eventually, Caleb got a little wiser. And all of a sudden, we started hearing these screams every so often. It's because he was sinking his little teeth to her arm with a bite because he was tired of her pushing him around. So he started biting him, biting her. And it became a habit to where he was biting her all the time. And we're like, why is he biting? Where did he learn that? He started doing it on instinct. It became a habit. We had to break the habit as parents. It's a problem. You can't go around biting people. You can, but I don't know how your adult life would turn out if you bit people. didn't get your way. So we broke the habit. Kid number three comes along, he's got his own issues. We won't go there today. Kid number four comes along, she bites too. But this time, she's vicious. She has fangs. He lets them out about 10 seconds ahead of time. And when you see this little turkey, he whips out those fangs. You see her coming, she's like slow-mo to the kid. And I know it's coming. There's a warning sign that she's going to bite again. She's going to attack again. There's a warning sign that she's going to sin again. She was the Israelites to the pagan God, and obviously this is my daughter. She's sinful. Who? Going to bite again because of a bad habit, and she's just got the meatiest, meanest-looking vampire face when she does this, and she's such a sweet little girl. Otherwise, you'd never know the same child. We see these warning signs in our children, and they don't understand it because they're in it. We understand it from the outside because we're their parents, and we're looking in, and that's what we're there to do. Outsiders foresee our hostage situation because they're not in it emotionally. The habit restricts us. I mean, if this was my life, I would be limited in what I could do successfully in my life. My hands are tied. God doesn't want you to just be the same old, same old every day. He wants every day to be new. Every day is victorious. If the, God didn't design you to just be same old, same old every day and that just live the status quo with your habit, it's good enough. That's not how design, God designed us to live. He designed us to live a new day. Every day is victorious. Every day is something new and excited and joyful. How are you doing? Yeah, same old, same old. Not what God wants. He wants you to have more than that. Habits. Same old. Bad habits confine us. Prison. Failed expectations. The more we do something, the more familiar it becomes. The more familiar it becomes, the more instinctual it becomes. And slowly over time, it just becomes part of who we are. We don't even realize we're doing it over time. We are what we are. Changes the way we think. Keeps us stuck in an endless loop of unfruitfulness. That's why it's a prison of failed expectations, because you can't be fruitful when you're in prison, and you're in prison failing every expectation that you could have surpassed if that habit wasn't stopping you from doing so. There was warning signs to them, and there's warning signs to us. Isaiah prophesied to the Israelites, chapter 39, verse 6, told them what was going to happen. Makes me think of the, the flood. Noah was building the ark. Someone was, and this is, not even, this is not the scripture we're going to talk about, but if something's building an ark, big as it was, wouldn't you have a little concern that maybe someone went to all that trouble? Maybe you should pay attention. They didn't. We know what happened. But in Isaiah chapter 39, verse 6, warning them that they're going to go to Babylon. 
Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and what your fathers have accumulated until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. This is Isaiah prophesying the Lord is speaking through him to the Israelites before it happened. And it does happen. There's warning signs. There's warning signs when a bad habit is going from restrictive to captivity. Anybody like Diet Coke? Expect a great response here. You like Diet Coke? Oh. So, years ago, when I was in college, every day, Arby's, supersized Diet Coke, every day. Every day. It's a habit. I thought that was healthy. I thought that was the health. I'm eating healthy. I'm going to Arby's, getting a supersized Diet Coke. That's back before, like, this thing, clean eating became popular, and we learned that it was actually but that's what I did. And every day I drink the Diet Coke and I got pretty hooked on Diet Coke. But as long as I didn't go buy the Diet Coke, I didn't have any trouble. It's not like I couldn't sleep at night without my Diet Coke and I had to run out and grab it. As long as I didn't keep it around, I wasn't tempted. However, thankful to marriage, I found new opportunities to bring bad habits back into my life. And I'm not talking about my marriage, but my wife, thankfully, just the other day comes home with a new type of Diet Coke. He's in these little cute skinny cans. They're just awesome. And they got a tad of ginger or they got a tad of tangerine, blood orange. And they're just so cute. You know, I don't use the word cute, except these are. They're cute. They're cute like my two-year-old. And there's something about them. I don't know if it tastes better because they're in the skinny cans. She brings them home. I'm like, okay, I'll try one. I don't ever drink soda at home. But I don't ever buy soda, so I don't drink it. Brings the Diet Coke home. Drink one around 7 o'clock at night. Instead of drinking coffee, day comes. This is like what, a 12 pack? An eight pack. Eight days of this, okay? Two comes. Diet Cokes are in there. I'll drink another one. Three comes. Day four comes. Day five comes. Day six. I know what's happening. I know what's happening. Feel the habit coming back. Way back from college, it was still in me. And I told her, look. Don't buy this anymore. It's bad for you. But can you just get the orange kind one more time, and then we'll be done. Buy the orange kind next time. Ginger and I want to try the orange, but then we're not buying it. It's got aspartame. I'm not drinking it. It's got aspartame. Just get the pebbles. Been healthy. You guys with me still? It doesn't matter if it's Diet Coke or it's truly detrimental detrimental. The habit can become more restrictive the more it takes over your life. And guess what? When you say, you know what? I'm going to live for God now. I'm going to forsake all these things. That's when the devil's going to chime in and go, well, what about the Diet Coke? You want some, don't you? You know you like Diet Coke, and God won't take you if you drink the Diet Coke. You're not good enough for God. You don't want to go serve him. Come back and have some more Diet Coke. Whatever it is. Maybe it's real Coke. Maybe it's cocaine to you crack. Maybe it's something else. You don't need, you're okay, the same old sable. It's not going to kill you. It's just a little restrictive. The devil is going to jump right on it. Maybe it's your mind. Maybe your mind has the habit of thinking bad stuff that you're not worthy of anything. Whenever try, God tries to do something good, you say, I'm not, I'm not good enough. And you think of all the bad things you've done that he already forgave you for if you've confessed to him. You won't forgive you. So now, now your habit is going back and you're tying yourself up again. The devil knows that that's how he's going to get you to stop from walking. 
be it's lust, foul language. They're habits we often have in this culture. Maybe it's getting angry in the car after a Toby Mac concert. Who would do that? But maybe that's your habit. And the devil knows it. So that's what he wants you to do is get mad at another Christian with a Joy FM sticker in the parking lot of Toby Mac, and then they find out you're a pastor of a church, and it just doesn't look good. Maybe that's what he wants to do. Illustration, that would never happen. Maybe you're distracted by your phone 24-7. Maybe your habit is you live in cyber world, and you forgot about real world because there's actually people around you, and that, you, that making eye contact is actually a good thing, and that you don't have to text somebody if you want to talk to them. You can actually look at them and speak error because sound is moving error, and there's this thing called speaking to people one-on-one. Maybe that's your habit. Maybe you're a tailbearer. Anybody know what a tailbearer is? The gossip. The Bible calls gossipers tailbearers. Really translate clearly. Tailbearer, gossip. But no. Thankful to dictionaries. Maybe that's your habit. Oh, so you're, you guys are so great. Thanks for coming. See, can you believe what they did? Can you believe what she had on? Did you see how tight those pants were? He's got red shoes on. Maybe that's your thing. Had these shoes for a year. I didn't have the nerve to wear them, and I finally wore them today. So you guys got to see Red Jordans. God's trying to stretch me. If you want to be stretched into new, new heights in your walk with God, you've got to try new things like red shoes, evidently. But he's walks different. Walks different. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's alcohol. Yeah, I just drink a little. Maybe, maybe a little becomes more, and more is starting to change the way you think about things. Maybe it's guiding your step. Slowly is putting you in captivity. You know, there's kids who get, this blows my mind, there's kids who get kidnapped. And they're with the kidnapper for so many years that they get in the habit of actually going to school, getting off the bus, coming home, back to the kidnapper. You think they'd run free, right? What do they do? They go back to the kidnapper. Gotten so habitual in their lifestyle, they call it brainwashing, that their minds change from it. Habits not only restrict us, but they change us slowly. Character. Kids kidnapped, and he, he don't even think, I need to go to my mom. I need to get out of here. It's lost hope, and they've, they've changed so much. That's the place to be. Eventually, Nick, if you could help me with illustration number two. Eventually, you're going to go to captivity after all the warning signs. You know, it was a little restrictive at first. I could still deal with it. But when it gets bad enough, make it nice and tight, Nick. I'll hate you later. Make sure there's nice rope burns. Where we're My nephew, he slapped me on the leg like that. All right. So, you know, it was a little restrictive, but now this is getting, this is getting hard to do anything. I mean, how am I supposed to? I can hop around. Is guiding my steps. My habit is dictating how I move through my life. Now I can't even walk normal. I want to go that way. My habit's only letting me move like this, this way. Becoming my idol. Becoming my God. Taking the priority one true God. Now I've placed myself in captivity, prison. Because bad habits confine us to a prison. Failed expectations. 
Try to take action and live for God, that's the more the devil try to binds our hands and feet. Reap what we sow. My kids know that if they're bad, they're going to get a spanking. And if they're really bad, we're taking the tablet away. True punishment. More than violence, you take the tablet. But it's got new kids. Trick. Take that tablet away and they will come unglued and be your beck and call. It's the greatest thing. But we voluntarily become a glutton for our own punishment. And then we ask God, where are we getting bad results? Some of us say, well, it's, it's, I'm not in prison. They don't know that they're in prison. They think they're actually living a good life. Being, being high or whatever it is, you know, uh, prostitutes, whatever it is that's, that's destroying your life. You think it's just not that bad. It's just a good life. I'm okay with this. Actually, in prison, you're not willing to accept that maybe you need improvement. So you just stay tied up again, never able to progress. I mean, look at me. I can't even move around. I can barely preach this message at this point hindrance to my success here. Captive. You stay hostage long enough, soon you're going to place your kids in captivity too. Guess what? Your habit is going to place them in captivity also. I'm a little bit Sicilian. And I always make the joke that a little bit goes a long way, evidently. And I tend to... I don't realize it. I heavy size. I tend to show frustration when no one's looking. People. And my daughter, who's turning eight, starting to see her body like the way she's starting to see. Stuff I don't really want her to do. Like her brother and sister, she's going, Caleb, frustrated at her. The other day, it's funny. It's funny right now, but it won't be funny in 10 years when she's doing other things. She says to her mom, right? Quit firing off so many questions at me. I can't think that fast. Well, she said to her mother, quit firing off so many questions at me. I can't think that fast. All the time to them. She was like, dad, dad, watch. Dad, dad. I'm trying to write the sermon. Dad, dad, dad. And Jesus said, dad, dad. Jesus said, dad. No, I didn't write. Did I write that? It's just, it's a never stop. And I basically quit, quit firing off so many questions at me. I can't think. Habit I got. Billion blood. Now they're, Paul parody, starting to tie their own feet. And it gets worse. That's mild. That's cute. But it could be a lot worse. Maybe it's drug addiction. Maybe it's alcoholism. Maybe it's hatefulness. The way we treat people, upping us. And now they treat people bad too, and their life's going to be miserable too because they inherited your habit, and now their life is a wreck too because you taught them that. Happens all the time. God can't free you when you're the one tying yourself up. God tries to free you. Hello, I will wipe the dish clean. Hello, you're going to be placed in Babylon, whatever. Trying yourself up again. Why did God do this to me? Contradictory. Wished you be held hostage, so quit blaming hostage. Quit blaming God. Because bad habits confine us to a prison, a failed expectation. It's like a broken record. Our life is a broken record. Every time we start to move forward, that crack in the record comes along. It's the habit. And it's, you know, you ever heard a record skip? It's like, it's so annoying. 
crack in your pressing on this endless loop of, of, of failure. And, and eventually, you know, it's hard to balance. And eventually, look, I mean, I'm going to fall down. I can't even walk hardly anymore. If I fall down, I want to break this mic. But I would fall. Didn't hurt my knees like that. Can't walk. Can't talk hardly. Can't move. I'm getting pains in other parts of my body because habit made me fall. Now the habit's trickling into my back. My back hurts now. These are hurting me. Pay for that. Cancer start. Pants. We victimize ourselves, but no one pushed us into the prison. We jumped into it. He said, here, can you rope? I'll tie it. Sorry, it's not. There's good news. There's good news. See, even when the Israelites were in captivity, God never left them. God never left them. Our, when we're stuck, God never left us. And we have a way to be free if we call upon the name of the Lord and just say, we got to do it with you, God. We got to do it your way. I can't do it my way. And God, I know you never left me, but if you, if you give me a chance, God, I will, I will come out of this prison and I will change my ways. And I know that I can break free from this captivity if I serve you, God, and not those idols, not those drugs, not those lustful thoughts, not those other things. I don't need to be bound in chains. I can break free because I got faith. I got faith that God will deliver me because I know he will deliver his people and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I, when I reach for him, he's standing there and he reaches back for me like Peter on the water. He will never leave us. He just lets us feel it so that we can see like the parent sees the kid. He says, you thought I was gone? I was here. How do you think you survived this long, says God? Crisis gets bad enough. I know you will call on my name. I'll just wait right here because I love you that much. I will let you go to captivity because I love you that much. Remember tough love you do with your teenagers? God had to do tough love with the Israelites. He said, I never left you, but I got to let you go so you can learn how much I really love you so you will reach for me because if you don't reach for me, you're going to die. loves us that much. The Bible says, if 99 sheep are in the field and one goes astray, the shepherd will go find that one sheep and leave the 99. He says, I will not leave any of my sheep. All my children I want with me. All my children I love the same. Do you want to live with purpose or do you want to be bound to your habit? Do you not know that I am God and I can cure all things? Bring your habit to me, son. 1 Corinthians, Paul says in chapter 13, verse 11. I love this. I've been hearing this since I was a kid from my dad. He says, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I acted as a child, I did as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. It's called wisdom. You can be a man physically, but be a boy up here. You can be a child to the Lord 
appear and in here, but be a man physically. But when you become born again and you start to become sanctified, you start to gain wisdom and insight on, hey, I know, I need to quit buying the Diet Coke because that's my problem is I'm bringing it into my house and then I can't get away from the habit. And that's how sin is. You can't go near sin and dabble around sin and expect not to be tempted by the sin. You got to stay clear of it. Alcoholics know, hey, I don't put alcohol in my house because I'll drink it. I need to get it out of here. And through sanctification, you learn that that's wisdom. And as a man now, I think more wisely, how would God have me to do this? How do I stay clear of that habit that God said he would take from me? Stay away from it, he says. Quit sabotaging your destiny that God has for you. I'm not the God you serve when life is only good. I'm the God you serve when it's bad too. I'm the God you serve when you're on the mountain and I'm the God you serve when you're in the valley. I'm the God you serve at all times, not just when you have nothing better. I never left you. I never left you. And eventually they got out of captivity. He never left them. It was a season that they had to go through because bad habits confine us to a prison of failed expectations. And if we don't understand that we have the habit and we don't understand that we have to lean on God to break the habit because we can't break the habit. It's too much for our flesh. We are weak in our flesh, but we are strength, strengthened in God when his spirit is inside of us that we can defeat all enemies. The devil tries to come at us with bad spirits and through these habits. Maybe you've got a little habit that's just annoying. You know, it's, it's, like, it's like the grinding the teeth, but God can destroy it if you give it to him. You want to. Maybe you have a real habit that's wrecking your life. And you have all the warning signs. People are saying, you are wrecking your life. You can bring it to the altar and God will destroy it. You can give it to God and he will destroy it. Well, maybe you say, I don't, I don't want to give it up because I kind of like it. But I hate what it does to me because my hiding place in my habit always does become a hurting place temporarily. You see, you think that's the best God for, has for you? Ask yourself, is this the best he has for me? No, not. Much more for you. Every day is more than same old, same old. It's victorious in Christ. Every day is a new day. Today is the day you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. That's every day as a Christian. It's not Today is the day. I guess he made it. It's cool. I'll be okay. That's not how the song goes. Because that's not how God designed it to be. Replace the bad habits with good ones. Replace the Diet Coke with water. Replace the poisonous friends with some wholesome Christian friends that'll be good influence on your walk. Replace the drugs with the word of God. Shout the word of God at the devil when he tries to tempt you and say, get out underneath my feet, devil. You are beneath me because I have the power of the Lord on top of me and you cannot tempt me, devil, because I am strengthened in Christ. Rebuke you, devil, in Jesus' name. This week, as you go about your week, we always like to give something you can apply to your week. And it's not a feel-good thing. And then when you leave it, you go, what do I do with that? Look at your habits. Look at some things that maybe you think, I shouldn't do this. And ask God to help you replace them with something better. And even though it's going to be uncomfortable because a habit is like addictive. That's why it's called a habit. You want to do it. It's instinctual. It's going to take 
time to break and it's going to take work. But if you try, you will break it with God's strength. And that's the only way you'll break it. Our vision at 1C Church is that you discover God's perfect plan made just for you. And part of that is through this walk. And we have to seed by seed receive the word of God and adjust our lives until God gives the increase. And all of a sudden we look back in six months to a year and you go, wow, look at the difference in my life. It starts with getting rid of some of those habits, cleaning up the garden, the Bible says. If you guys can stand to our feet, let's pray as we close. Lord, we glorify your name. We thank you for tests and the trials you've given us, though they're not fun. We know you have a reason for them, and that when we stay consistent in your word through the prison cell, we will break free in the end. In due time, when it's your time, when our heart changes, we know you'll pull us right back out of the pit like you did Joseph. We know you pull us right back out of captivity like you did your people. God, help us not to be foolish in our minds, to ignore you and to ignore the warning signs that are wrecking our world, wrecking our, our, our chance for success in this life, wrecking what we're giving to our children, wrecking our future. Help us to see it your way, God. We need your spirit. We ask all these things. Everybody say, in the name of Jesus, amen.